today is the day after Thanksgiving, and we have a lot to be thankful for. I'm I'm thankful. I'm although I miss Eric, I am thankful that he has this amazing vacation, and I'm thankful for Nathan. How about Nathan Miller? Woohoo! Hey Susan, I'm <laughs> thankful for you as well. See, already we're off to a good start. Well, sort of. I'm having some minor technical difficulties, but I'm thankful that I figured out a way to take care of them. <laughs> and that's what we're so, here for. Yeah. So, you know, I, this is a prime example of you have you have options. You have choices always. Right. You you can say, oh, my goodness, my my charger for my laptop blew up this morning it crackled and made weird noises i thought oh god i hope it doesn't short the laptop out too like oh okay so that didn't happen well cyber monday is just around the corner cyber monday yeah well i'm not i'm gonna go to fry's electronics this afternoon after i go see ford versus ferrari oh Uh, have you seen that one no i have not but you know my family is pretty big on cars and there's a lot of talk about that yeah, well, so is this friend of mine. He's like super, you know, he loves cars and he does old cars. And I'm like, he's already seen it. And he says, well, when you come out here to San Diego, we could go see it again. I said, no, I'm going to go see it now. We'll go see something I haven't seen. And <laughs> 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 You know, we'll go see a different movie. But, uh, yeah, I understand it's really, really good. That's really what I've good. heard. Yeah, so. And it's got great people in it. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm taking myself to the movies this afternoon. And immediately after that, I am going to Fry's Electronics. A little plug for Fry's. And, uh, but not a big plug because I call them to say I want to make sure that they have the charger, you know, for my Mac laptop. Mm-hmm. And their, their recording goes, don't ask us about anything. Uh, well, they don't say it like that. I'm just I'm paraphrasing, you know. Just come and see what there is and what you get, you get, and what's out, we're we're out of. You know, like, well, fine. Couldn't you just tell me if you have one of these? (laughs) (laughs) And another thing just needs, like, something different. I mean, whatever brand of technology you have, it needs its own little thing that can only be for that. It's like nothing universal. No, absolutely not. It's like, no, we don't do that. You know, so, yeah, well, I guess that's what's known as the free marketplace. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's a version of it, right? Right. So, I mean, some things have to be standard. You you have to have some standard in plumbing and, and uh, you know, electrical uh, switches and things like that, correct? Oh, for sure. You, you can't just say, oh, well, our brand is going to do this, so you can't put that into any house, you know that. So there is standardization in some things, but not in others. Yeah, it's all and, a system, and they just need to work with each other to make it happen. What a concept. Cooperation. <laughs> Which is another thing to be grateful for. You know, I, I, I look around a lot, on, and I follow politics. I, you don't follow me that much, Nathan, just only when you absolutely have to. Yeah, like today. <laughs> Like today, <laughs> but um, yesterday I um, well I had some friends. I, I have a lot of friends, but these ladies um, that I go to a group with, and they uh, last year they asked me to go with them to Golden Corral, and uh, it's not a place I frequent, uh, and I won't be frequenting it again. Uh, <laughs> but they said, "Let's go to Golden Corral." Well, well, I love the company. But I can't put that stuff they call food into my body. I just can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I said to them when they were like talking about that, I said, well, listen, instead of going to Golden Corral, 
I will bake a turkey and dressing and make uh, candied sweet potatoes and a dessert and provide the wine and liqueurs and all. And, and if you could each bring a side dish, you could come here. Mm. And they declined. Really? They want to go to Golden Corral. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, there's no cleanup. I'm like, I have a dishwasher. You know, <laughs> how hard is this going to be? You know? Well, I'll tell you, some of those Thanksgiving post-cleanups can get pretty messy with all those okay. dishes. Yeah, but I, the way I do it, I clean as I go. And that's a you smart know, way to do it. Well, that's because I'm not 20 years old anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've learned how to well, Actually, do when it. you're 20 years old, most of the stuff just comes from a box and you throw the box away and you're good. <laughs> like, or better yet, you go to your parents' or your grandparents' house. Right. I have other and people do the work. Yeah, they, they're doing it. So, so I uh, took my uh, daughter and son-in-law to this place near me that um, uh, has a really great burger. Booties for any of those of you who are in uh, um Arizona, it's 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 got a really good burger. It's actually too big, do you know. Mm. And uh, so we, I went in, and a friend of mine that works there, I didn't know she was working that day, was wor- working the bar. So we sat up at the bar and talked to her. She said, "What are you doing Thanksgiving?" And I said, "Oh, I'm just going to make a little Cornish game hen for myself and share it with the cats, you know." <laughs> and she said, "Why don't you come over?" Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, I made my deviled eggs and uh, brought a bottle of wine. You know, sparing no expense, I took a three-buck chuck bottle of wine from Trader Joe's, you mm-hmm. know. It used to be two-buck chuck, but they went up to three bucks. So worth every penny, I tell you. <laughs> I as took long as that it's as, still cheap. Yeah, exactly. It's still cheap. Uh, so I took that and my deviled eggs, which was great. And I had a really, really nice time. I, You know, she's really a fun person. But something interesting happened in the term because I'm always telling people, well, I don't, uh, I don't do Thanksgiving. I do the, I celebrate the Green Corn Festival, and I did a show several years ago around Thanksgiving, talking about that and about how the original Thanksgivings weren't this myth of the Indians coming and sharing their food with the the quote settlers, which some people thought of as more of an invading army. And that the real Thanksgiving was that they were able to kill all of the native people that were there and take the land for themselves. That's not the story that you get in your in your American history books now, is it? No. <laughs> no. But that's the that's what actually happened, especially the Pahoxicut Indians. They were in their uh, longhouse uh, celebrating the Green Corn Festival when they came and uh, the English settlers and uh, burnt burnt them alive in the uh, in the longhouse, and they and they, then they had a Thanksgiving and celebrated that. So I find that a little difficult to celebrate. <laughs> I think the same can be said with a lot of the holidays too, like Halloween. I mean, it wasn't going around in costumes collecting Absolutely. candy. No, no, it wasn't. And it wasn't dirty tricks or anything. It was a holy celebration, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of the earth and, and uh, you know, and leading into winter solstice, you know, it's coming in. That was a New Year's. And then you had the winter solstice where the central sun aligns with the center of our earth. And, you know, there were it, these were beautiful solstices. So when I hear people, say, well, we want to say the real thing and wish people Merry Christmas, but Merry Christ, Christ Mass 
was not the original celebration. It was winter solstice. Yes. No, in fact, I believe it wasn't originally December 25th either. Like they no, had to change it. Not. They changed it. Well, because if you follow, if you're following uh, solstice and equinox, you have to actually look at what the planet is doing and go with the rhythm of the planet, not a date. You know, it's like when people say, well, uh, you know, it's the first day of fall or the first day of spring. Well, those are seasons. They don't have first days. They just do it. What do they, they get warm or cool as they choose. <laughs> it's the planet. You know, it's a season. Uh, so the, but that's measuring the equinoxes are measuring equal days and nights. And we're off on that measurement somewhat too. But th those were what they originally were, where it's measuring Longest day, shortest night, long, you know, longest night, shortest day, you know, the rhythm of the planet, the, our own rhythm um, that our bodies, you know, like we're mostly water. The planet is mostly water. And yeah, you know, we get in tune. But when you're not in tune with that, when you're into the conquistadore mentality, you know, you want to conquer everything, you want to own it, and you know, and, and control it, that uh, doesn't work really well. You know, don't make Mother Met. What what was the one they used to do? Don't make Mother Nature mad. How did that go? You know, I'll have don't to look that don't up. Mess with, don't mess with Mother Nature. Or something. <laughs> it was a commercial for butter, I think. But anyway, <laughs> well, that's the that point of point. a leap year too, right? I mean, it's not quite exactly you know 365 days a year that will be right. a complete rotation around the sun. Right. So we have to. Uh, skip a day to be able to it. keep it in unity. And even then, it's it's still off. I mean, there's so many systems. We talked about having a 13-moon cycle, but that doesn't actually make up the difference either. It's, it brings it a little closer, but it still slides. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's still 13 moons is a little more logical than 12 suns. But it's still, it still, um, does it, it's still not equal because... Let's face it, we live on a planet that's a kilter. <laughs> you know? Right. It's, we're not balanced. And that should tell us something about how we should be interacting with each other more in terms of, a, you know, just really liking one another than, uh, you know, just, I want to own everything and it's all there for me to take what I want, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that, well, that was a pretty good... Um, what was it? What was that? Uh, the Dark Crystal. Did you ever see that? No, I did not. You have to see that. That was the last film that Jim, um, uh, you know, the guy that did the Muppets. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So it, in it, the, there's the these guys up in the castle, and they're so beautiful. I do a really good one. I can't wait for Halloween so I can answer the door to the little kids. Hello, <laughs> little children. <laughs> and it's anyway. just Halloween, and you're all ready for the next one. Oh, you know, I wait all year to tell this joke. Um, do you know what you call a frankfurter with a hole in the middle of it? Hmm. A Halloweeny. <laughs> so bad. So bad. But that's kind of the level of my humor. You know why six was scared of seven? Oh. Because seven, seven, eight, nine, eight, right? Nine, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I had to think yeah, about I that, but I knew it. Yeah, yeah, you probably heard it in fourth grade, you know. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, that's that's fun. So yeah, Halloweeny, uh, Halloween, and and winter solstice, and we have all of these things, and and yet when people get really angry, 
we want the real holiday, Merry Christmas, you know, like, mm -hmm. but it isn't. And uh, just adding new holidays in to make it make everybody feel better. You know, it's like trying to you have too much sugar in your tea. So you you add more sugar. You just, just start over. Just start over. Go back to the plain cup of tea. <laughs> you can't just keep doing that. Anyway, so yesterday I was at a dear friends doing Thanksgiving and a young man was there, the family. And let's just say this. The, except for my friend, the, her family um, are considerably more to the right than I am. <laughs> considerably more. So Susan, as the non-familial non guest, <laughs> decided to bite her tongue, which is something I'm not really good at. <laughs> and uh, the young one young man was talking about how rude and, and how uh, nasty the natives were that came in and they didn't. I said, well, maybe it's not rude. Maybe it's just a difference in culture. Mm -hmm. Maybe, to, you know, and I was talking about the, um, oh, gosh. The Tonopah, no, it's not Tonopah. The, anyway, the, there's a, a tribe down south of uh, Tucson. And in their culture, if you look me directly in the eye to talk to me, you're considered extremely rude. Whereas in my culture, if you look down when you're talking to me, I think you're being evasive. Right. You know, so you're not looking me in the eye. So is one right and the other wrong? Or are they just different? No. <laughs> Uh, and these are things to consider instead of saying, well, this is what I'm familiar with. This is where my comfort zone is. So yours can't be right. And I, I think if we all just kind of step back sometimes and say, you know what, there's more than one way to do something. And, uh, you know, I'm cool with how you do it. And I can accept you just where you are. Now, is that a good concept? Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, everybody has their own mindset. It's kind of like words, too. I was thinking about the other day, you know, we might have a certain word for something, but over there, that word might mean something completely different. Right, right. If um, This is how uh, we all make sense of things and have, like you said, developed our culture. And when we go to different ones, we get a bit of a culture shock. Right, and that's... Uh... I think that having empathy for people, if you can start from that place, and I find that people who lack empathy live a lot in fear. Because if it's not something I've experienced, then I don't understand it at all. And that is very difficult uh, when you run into people who are dissimilar than you. So one of the things, and I'm into politics, I think... Uh, you may have gathered that from time to time. <laughs> I like to, you know, pay attention to what's going on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm quite interested. I haven't been following all the impeachment hearings because I have a life. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I, I tune in to YouTube in the evening and check out what different people have to say about it. And I, and I like to look at different points of view, um, but I also am very interested in facts rather than opinions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, what was it, um, uh, oh gosh, her husband, George, uh, Kellyanne, Kellyanne Conway, uh, when she came up with alternate facts, 
And so I had a woman on the show a few weeks ago who has a right-wing blog. Our politics are polar opposite. But we met on an airplane, and we really enjoyed each other's company, right? And I said, you know, it would make a really good show for us to have such polar opposite political views, but enjoy each other and be respectful and have a conversation without name-calling, without, you know— all this and that we could actually we could actually mirror this to people. And she agreed. And we had a really good it was really a good show. And I said, she said, I said something about, yeah, alternate facts. And she said, Well, Kellyanne misspoke. Laughing. I couldn't help myself. I just said, Well, she never corrected it. If I misspeak, I'm going to come back and say, you know. I didn't say that quite the way I meant to. It came off a little different, you know, but she stuck with it. And it's this doubling when you when you're wrong and you double down on it. It's just kind of weird to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, nothing wrong with admitting you're wrong. A lot of times we're afraid to. Yeah. And there you go back to fear. So it's that fear based way of looking at the world. We have to have a wall because those horrible people are going to come here and they're going to take all our jobs. Like, no, um, they're not. Uh, they're t- only taking jobs you won't do. I mean, there, were, there was a guy in Kentucky. Now, Trump goes ahead and he hires uh, people that are, are foreign workers through this program that he's not letting other people do. And this one guy was a Trump, was, I use the past tense, Kentucky, a Trump supporter. Now, these are good paying jobs that he has. So they're $25, $30 an hour, but he can't, it's hard work. He can't get anyone to take the jobs. He's about to go, well, I don't know where it is now. This is about a year ago when I looked at this. He may be out of business for all I know at this point because he can't get people to work for him. So who's taking a job if you're, if you don't want the job? There's plenty of jobs out there um, until the now. What do you think, Nathan, about uh, the possibility of a another economic crash happening? Because I hear this from both uh, progressive and conservative viewpoints that we're going to have another uh, another crash. Well, kind of going back to what you were saying about jobs, there's really a push to more. Uh... Uh, blue collar type jobs, you know, with trade schools becoming a big thing and uh, really encouraging enrollment because there's jobs out there that aren't really being filled because people think they need to go to a four year or get a bachelor's degree to work in some tech company. Whereas, you know, people that are plumbers, they don't have much of a, a workforce because people are trying to gravitate towards the tech industry. Yeah, and the uh, and plumbers make really good money. Oh, they do. They make I, they make more money than most doctors. And one thing too is like with the technology, you know, robots or automation might be taking some people's jobs, but uh, you're not having robots go around and install a faucet or fix a toilet or put a roof on a house. No, that's and, all and, manual labor. And you need a roof on your house. And if something goes wrong with that roof, you need someone up there to fix it. Right. It's really important. I I know because I have a leak in my roof. (laughs) And my son-in-law is a ta-da roofer. (laughs) So, 
yeah, he's got to get back up there. That he thought he had had it fixed, and they left to go to New Mexico. And we had serious rain last night, and uh, it's obvious that uh, my roof is um, is still leaking. Mm. <laughs> so when they get back from New Mexico, they will be fixing my roof. Well, thankfully for those of us in Washington, that's not an issue right now. It's been actually pretty nice weather. And it's unusual for us to have rain, but right. we're I mean, having it. This Thanksgiving, I was just talking about it with my family, it's kind of unusual. It's probably the first Thanksgiving in several years where the power hasn't gone out or it's been pouring rain or super windy and you're worrying if your oven will stay on while you're baking the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Had it easy uh, this time around. Yeah, so there you go. It's it's all good. Well, um, you know, the, there's a lot going on in the Democratic Party with uh, who's running for office, and you know, and all this sort of thing. And one of the one of the things that uh, I don't know if you saw this. I don't do Twitter, but I saw it on uh, the Young Turks on uh, um, uh, YouTube. Uh, have you ever heard of Michael Harriet? He's a writer for The Root. No. Yeah, well, he wrote an article that said, um, you know, Buttigieg is a lying MF. Oh. So, okay. Um, that's uh, an interesting title. Get your attention. Mm-hmm. So what he, what they were saying, what Buttigieg and these guys were talking about was like, well, in minority black families, they don't have any mentors in their families. There's no one who mirrors to them the benefits of education and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was really uh, not true, uh, but it was, it went on and t- talking about there's, they don't have role models and there's no stable lives for them and this huge moralizing that is really racist, you know? And uh, and I think the article ended up, or comment on the article on Twitter uh, later was, uh, we're about to see someone getting zero support from the African-American community. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so it was very, very interesting to me because of the statistics uh, that actually uh, belie that, uh, that kind of remark because um, it was, you know, they found that... Uh, we do have two Americas. I think that most of us who are paying attention realize that, that there are definitely having the opportunity is not the same. You know, it's, I think somebody said years ago, uh, George uh, Bush uh, was born on third base and thought he'd hit a triple. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's that kind of thinking that, um, I mean, you, you know that schools are funded through property taxes. Mm-hmm. But poor areas, especially minority poor areas, they have $23 billion less in their neighborhood from property taxes. Wow. That's huge. Therefore, you already know it's a systemic uh, problem. It's a systemic problem because the schools aren't as good. I remember uh, in Seattle, I was in a in a group with the school board. I set up drug, alcohol, and gang prevention programs, and and uh, these women wanted their kids. They lived on Queen Anne to go to the new Ballard School. They, you know, because it was going to be a better school. I said, "Why don't you send them to South?" <gasps> I don't want to send my kids to South. I said, "Well, if every school." And the city of Seattle is an equal. Now, one may lean towards the arts. One may lean towards the engineering. What, do you know what I mean? There, mm-hmm. There's those kinds of differences. But if they aren't all equally good, 
then then it's not right period you know mm-hmm. we need a schools that are that are a school system that's set up to support every student in the city right. and they had a hard time grasping that concept um so um uh there was another thing another stat that i found real interesting on unemployment black college graduates and white college graduates, it's completely disparate. Now, they both have the same education, but the black uh, college graduates make 80 cents on every dollar that the white college graduate makes. I didn't know that. That's interesting, isn't it? It is. Well, it also goes with gender, too. I mean, the, oh, the yeah. man and woman uh, pay gap, it's just insane. It's... I mean, professional athletes especially with the – a U.S. national soccer team for the uh, right, and they're the only ones who are winning. Right, but are they rewarded for being good? <laughs> Maybe no. with the trophy. Yeah, woohoo! <laughs> so yeah, but when they get up and say something, they're being told that they're not uh, supporting the country. Like, no, the country's not supporting me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so. Uh, one of the things, and you're right on the women's issue, because uh, it's 10 times, I can't read my own handwriting, uh, <laughs> white, white students come out of college with less debt and you know more opportunity than black students with the same education. And uh, the women... Black women, even more so. It's like 10 times the difference. And for black women, it's something like 20 times the difference. It's it's a huge difference. And you're absolutely right. So when they when we say, as a woman, I'm a, I am a one of those. I'm a woman. Uh, when we say, well, it, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, there's inequity between men and women. But there's more inequity for black women than there is for white women. And that doesn't seem quite right to me. I think that, you know, you should be going by your talents. Do you have the talent to do this instead of, you know, well, these people are just, uh, you know, they're lazy. And then it all comes back to, well, the families uh, don't have the moral fiber. The families, uh, you know, they raise lazy children and all this. So uh, what I found most fascinating about this is that my um, was it Michael Harriet his last name is Harriet anyway he um, uh, he wrote this and he talked about how they had to walk to school and they had to go over a ditch and there was no bridge over the ditch and they had put up a wood plank and sometimes you fell off but if you didn't take the wood plank over the ditch it was an extra thirty minutes to get to school and he had so much gratitude. He felt that he was lucky and that he had support from people and that he, that he was in good shape, even with what he had to go through living in the projects, having to, you know, walk to school, getting over this ditch and doing all that. Now there were people in his neighborhood and let's say, you know, your opportunities for, uh, employment and so forth are very, very different in one neighborhood to another. And he, um, he, the people that were, I'm, assuming probably dealing drugs and so forth, they gathered up and gave him money when he got into college to help him, uh, you know, succeed. And he had so much gratitude. And you look at, he had a harder road to hoe, you know, a steeper hill to climb, but he still did it with gratitude. 
And I, I think that that's what a lot of people lack. They have uh, entitlement, but they don't have a lot of gratitude. Mm. And those are things that I think we all should take a look at, you know, every day. Like, what what do I have to be thankful for today? You know, right. what is what are the things that are that are positive in my life? And I find that if I look at and so this is yesterday. This is one of this guy was saying, oh, the natives were rude. And I'm like, well, maybe it's just different culture. But he's like, he hasn't he sees people doing mean things every day. Mm-hmm. And his mom said, well, I see people doing good things every day. <laughs> what you know what I mean? What are you looking at? You know what? What is it? How do you view the world? Is it a scary place? Or is it a place where you can grow and do things now? It is true that there are uh, less opportunities for certain groups of people, but individuals within those groups, they have to work harder. They have to do more. They have to get, I get all of that. It's absolutely true, but I see people succeeding against all odds. So back to George Bush was born on third base and thought he hit a triple. I mean, you know, you have to recognize that you cannot look down on someone else who hasn't had the opportunities that you have and say things about them. Absolutely not. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's not right. It's unfair. There's a book that a woman, I'm trying to remember her name, Michelle. Oh yeah. Michelle Alexander, the new Jim Crow. Have you seen that book? Nope. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting on the, um, looking at that and looking at mass incarceration we have incarcerated, and in, we incarcerate more than anybody, any other country on the planet. But we, in the last 20 years, we've incarcerated more people than in the entire rest of our history. Now, we didn't just suddenly become evil, I don't think, did we? No, in fact, uh, one thing that I think it's going on is we're not trying to fix problems. We're just trying so- to get rid of them. And we're doing uh, we're doing crazy things. The war on drugs is is an insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's crazy. Um, in fact, <laughs> at the same dinner yesterday, one of the a young woman was there with her her toddler, and she was you know like eight months pregnant. And uh, I said, oh, you know, pot is really good for uh, nausea and when you're pregnant. She just started. I can't believe that a woman your age would think that. And I'm like. Uh, well, I was in the sixties and, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. So, you know, and, and wait till my new movie comes out that, uh, that we just finished writing. Uh, yeah. So, you know, pot has a lot of things and for it to be classified with heroin and, and, and narcotics, cause it's not a narcotic, it's an herb. And we still have States in this country that, um, don't even have medical marijuana. Oh. You know, and so little spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We, we addressed that in this movie uh, that we just finished writing. The working title is, has been um, dreams and schemes and scams and grams. Uh, you cannot flush 2000 pounds, but we, we're going to do in the last two pages of this, of writing the script, we decided we were going to change the title of the movie. So that was good. Well, um, I'm thinking we need to take a short break. Um, 
we'll we'll do that and then we'll come back and uh, discuss a little bit more about opportunities to be kind and if you operate from a base of fear or if you operate from a base of faith and when I say faith I'm not talking about going to church I'm talking about you know knowing that uh, like it, it does say this in the Bible though the lilies of the field you know uh, they neither toil nor blah 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 but none are adorned as beautifully as these so you know if you know that uh, the universe, God, whatever word you want to use is going to take care of you, guess what usually happens in your life? You get taken care of. You know, you put that out there and, and it happens. So both things can happen. We can recognize that there's inequality. We can recognize it's systemic. We can work to change that. Um, and meanwhile, we can still work in our own lives to move forward uh, as well as we can and help others along the way. It's not all about this is what I want. What can I do to help you, you know, with your with your needs as well? And everybody has that opportunity to help someone else. We all do. So stay tuned for more thankful thoughts. <laughs> to the Susan Harmon experience and uh, you're listening to Alternative Talk Radio KKNW and we will be back momentarily. Manson Mitchell this week are in a word preempted. Tune in and cheer on the UW Huskies women's basketball team over the weekend and join us in December for Rebecca Norrington and Mark Anthony. Wishing you a wonderful Thanksgiving. We are grateful for your loyalty over the last 12 plus years. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email Susan at SusanHarmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon Hour in the subject line. This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing Susan at SusanHarmon.com today. In March 2016, Melinda Rabine received the Right Now Today Humanitarian Award for her work on a film about domestic violence called Asylum, which was also awarded Best Narrative Short at the 2018 Cinema on the Bayou Film Festival. Now she's turned her talents to making a new documentary, Stories of Us, Camp Second Chance. In the process, she embedded herself in the camp during the snows of winter, spending Christmas there and returning for numerous visits since. Rabide shows the beauty and humanity of the homeless residents and builds a bridge of compassion in this compelling look at the common threads that bind us all. Interested in knowing more? Contact Melinda Rabine. Email melindarabine at gmail.com. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience. Cool music there, Nathan. Uh, good choice. And um, we uh, always do, just before a new month starts, uh, our resident uh, astrologer, uh, Carol, um, Carol, Cheryl, God, where's my mind? Um uh, Anyway, Cheryl, um, oh boy, 
when you get off, you go all the way off. You know how that is. So uh, our resident astrologer here at the station uh, gives us a little preview of the up-and-coming months. So Cheryl Hopkins um, did, went, did a pre-record, and we're going to play that now. I definitely want to listen to this because I didn't have an opportunity to listen to it earlier. Um, so we're going to listen to what she has to say about our astrology and what's going on. This is Cheryl Hopkins on the Susan Harmon Experience with the Astro Weather for December. What I'm seeing is two overall trends that are quite interesting. Uh, first, starting with uh, the beneficial flowing energies that will be showing up in water signs, earth signs, specifically Scorpio and Capricorn, um, as Mercury, Venus, Mars move through those signs and form really positive relationships to Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn, as well as the karmic nodes, which are themselves in Cancer and Earth signs. This is occurring from December 2nd through the 5th, from December 12th through the 13th, through the 15th through the 20th, on Christmas Day, the day after, and on New Year's Eve. Look for support, ease of expression, and ability to act in Inner planets, Sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, triggering the Saturn, Pluto's call to reinvent yourself where needed and accept what new responsibilities that are coming to you that you have intended or have created and are ready for. Okay, so planets that are also in Pisces and Virgo, as well as Scorpio and Taurus will benefit too, as of course they're both water and earth signs. The second trend I see is could be summed up in forewarned is forearmed with the sun moving through fiery truth-telling honesty at all costs Sagittarius the seeker in the month of December from December 8th through the 14th making aspects to planets in Capricorn and then later in the month Mercury and Venus doing the same the 23rd and Christmas Eve there's a blind spot in our thinking. So be attuned to that, be aware of that. Uh, the blind spot in the vision field is where secretive information, um, unexpected information or opportunity or events reside. During these times, what pops up unexpectedly can cause you to double back, adjust, negotiate, compromise, and feels like it's pulling you off track. Flow with it. Something else is coming forward that you need to see, you need to adjust to. Okay. Another interesting point is the emphasis of eight degrees this month. Triggering, uh, being triggered, I should say, on the 2nd to the 3rd and the 31st. Any planets you have at eight degrees or near eight degrees, specifically in Cancer and Capricorn, will vibrate to what occurs. Planets that might be in Pisces and um, Virgo, Taurus, Scorpio will also be uh, triggered and will benefit because they're in favorable interactions. Also, this is an important degree in the chart of Donald Trump. His Mercury is at eight degrees Cancer. So the eight degree Capricorn point is going to oppose 
his 10th house cusp, which is the beginning of the most public part of our astrological charts, is at 8 degrees Taurus. And of course, the opposite point of that, the IC cusp, the beginning of the 4th house, the most personal private part of our chart and who we are, is at 8 degrees of Scorpio. So, what occurs as it relates to him around his communications, either communications he's had in past, particularly with associates, allies, or communications that he has on those days that I mentioned will come to light and could very well bring him grief. Also triggered is in the United States chart, Uranus, the bringer of sudden change, extreme situations, um, revolution, unexpected events. Whatever happens affects what we know and public sentiment, perhaps a shift in his poll numbers as a result. Lastly, the day after Christmas is a solar eclipse at four degrees of Capricorn, once again, triggering that eight degree uh, Mercury and the other points I mentioned. Um, so it is beneficial for Trump in some way and revealing in others. What shows up will take him and us into a deeper level of turmoil. So there you have it. What's new, uh, what's old is new again. Nothing's changed. No matter how much change, it remains the same. Hope you can have a awesome holiday. Merry Christmas. Good start to the new year. And 2020, here we come. Wow, she's always, you know, it's interesting, uh, Nathan, that uh, she uh, is saying just what we were talking about before. Before I hadn't heard the report, so I find it fascinating that how things just kind of, you know, the synchronicity of things, you know. Mm-hmm. You can Keeping talk about unity. Exactly, you know, and how it all kind of, it kind of all gels together whether you realize it or not because uh, everything is connected. And uh, I think that that for me, on all of these things about changes and sudden changes, if you're standing in integrity, if you're being transparent, if you're willing to to admit if you've made mistakes or whatever, you're going to have a very different outcome than someone that stubbornly sticks to uh, I'm, I, I lied and I'm glad I lied and I, the lot, my lie is the truth. So, you know, you, you create two different realities depending on how you're, you're responding. And we talked about this a little earlier. You know, if you're operating from fear, you're going to have a very different experience than you're operating from, you know, it's, it's all going to work out. One of my favorite comparisons is, did you ever watch a show called Two and a Half Men? I've heard of it, and I've probably seen it, but it's been long enough ago where I can't quite where you can't recall the details. Yet. Yeah. Well, Charlie plays this. He writes uh, uh, advertising lingos, uh, you know, little, you know, jingles is what he ad- writes. He plays piano and all that. He doesn't, the actor doesn't actually play the piano. He just pretends to because he's an actor. But um, so his accountant runs off with all of his money and he owes everybody and blah, blah, blah. And his brother, who's a worry ward, he goes and joins this study and he doesn't know if he's got the, the one with the side effects or the placebo or whatever. And Charlie keeps going, ah, don't worry, something will turn up, something will turn up. And he's dating this woman that he really likes and he makes a little, uh, a little tape for her five-year-old. 
you know, like with little songs like uh, I Love Boobies, you know, and things like this, <laughs> little, little kid songs. They're all really cute. And uh, so the little kid takes the tape to his dad's house, who's a music producer. The next thing you know, this guy's offering him a job as Charlie Tuna, the kid's, you know, favorite of the kids. And he doesn't even like kids. <laughs> so he gets all the... You know, he didn't worry about it. He got this great job. He did all this, and his brother's got all the side effects of this drug you know, that he's testing, you know, with, you know, his face all messed up. And anyway, my point is, don't worry. <laughs> It'll happen. You know, it's your attitude. You know what I mean? You pull that stuff to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I just thought, I, and I always loved that particular uh, show, you know, on that that whole thing. Like, okay, you're going to worry about it. Well, guess what? You get your eyes all messed up and face broken out and you know, <laughs> all these things. So, and, and you're just having fun and you're doing, and actually doing something nice for this little kid, you know, um, you know, writing and, and, and it resulted in, in something nice happening. So, you know, there's these layers and levels of things. We do something that we, if you, if you're doing things you're passionate about, you're going to have a much better life than you're like, Oh God, I have to get up and go do the job. When you go in into KKNW, you don't feel that way, do you? No. In fact, they say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. That's right. You know, and it's true because when you're enjoying it, now my younger daughter is a dental hygienist, and I know it sounds weird, but she loves teeth. She loves dental. I mean, it just, you know, it takes a special kind of person to want to muck around in people's mouths, I think, mm -hmm. you know. But she loves it, and it's it makes her feel good that she's gotten plaque off of somebody's teeth that they that they missed. Someone who'd been to the dentist and got their teeth cleaned every six months for years, and this stuff had been on there for years, and she gets it off. Or she she teaches them uh, self care, home care. Um, that's that's really important to her. Like, look, there's different things you can do for yourself. It's going to make a big difference on how your mouth works because. We always think of dentistry as the last thing we do when everything begins in the mouth. Mm -hmm. That's where we begin digestion. So all the things that you do, how many times you chew your food before you swallow it, all of these kinds of things make a difference in how our body functions. And we should be looking at dental first. That's right. See, I knew you'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> But I grew up in a time where I was terrified of dentists. I mean, I was, you know, horribly abused by, by dentists. And um, it wasn't uh, – I went to Army dentists. They don't do dependents anymore, but back in those days. And this – I remember this one guy. He didn't deaden for anything, and he hated dependents. So I'm this little kid being brutalized by the dentist. I've never really fully gotten over it. I don't totally trust them. You know, mm -hmm. uh, because they hurt you. <laughs> it's my experience. It's not that that will hurt you. you know? The first time I went to a dentist who didn't hurt me, I was like, oh, my God, you can go to a dentist and not get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was a really nice experience. <laughs> so, and the technology has improved, too, where it doesn't have yes, to be as uh, strenuous on the mouth. 
No, not what, what was that movie? I'm a dentist. You know, a, a little a little shop of horrors. Remember the 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 plant that kind of took over. Feed me, mm. Seymour. You know what? <laughs> yep, I know that quote. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> I don't know. I just that was a good movie. Uh, you know, but the dentist. You know, he's like, eh. <laughs> I don't uh-huh. know. It's terrible. But uh, and I always had to take antibiotics because I'd had rheumatic fever when I was young. And, and so then I'd have to wait. They don't do it that way anymore. You know, I had to take them for a week and I'm sitting there in the chair waiting and for to see this. And this kid is crying in the, in the, in the operatory next to me. And I'm like, I was shaking so badly. <laughs> by the time They came in like, uh, I, I'm ready to leave now. Yeah. I'll come back another time. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that was fine. So I've, I've improved over the years. I've, I've gotten much better about it, you know, not so freaked out because I did have some good experiences. But when you have bad experiences, it does it does color how you see the world. And you so then you have to work doubly hard to get past the bad experience and say, OK, yeah. it's not just the technology, but I myself am not going to be frightened by this horrible man who's forcing my mouth open. <laughs> well, it's amazing. We could have so many good experiences with something, but the moment we have something bad, it just completely shifts our perspective on that. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? So I think the trick with life is to shift it back or shift it mm-hmm. away from the bad experience and find something good about it. Like I, I, I pointed this out some, some months ago. Uh, I reached and I got stung by a scorpion and those little suckers hurt and hit the pad of my thumb. And then it went all the way through my thumb and probably, oh, maybe six, eight inches past my wrist up into my arm pain and, you know, and, and all of this. And I just started rubbing it. And and then I got the thought that, well, there must be something in the scorpion venom that I needed that's beneficial for me because nothing can happen to me that isn't helpful for me. Okay. All right. So it takes a long, it takes a while to get to that that way of thinking, right? You know, like okay, and people are like, oh, it'll be two weeks before it stops. It'll be, you know, over a week. Long. Well, the next day I had a little bit of deadness in the in the uh, in the my thumb, you know, in the pad of my thumb. Right. And then the following day it was gone. So two days it was all over. Oh. And I think it was the difference in attitude. I didn't see it as this. Oh. The, damn scorpion hurt me. You know, I just saw it as, Oh, there must be something in that. I have no idea what it is, but there must be something in that that was good for me. Well, it's like a mosquito bite. You know, the more you focus on it, the more it itches. Whereas if you just ignore it, it'll go away or you won't even feel itchy. Exactly. And we can work that with people that we know too. And sometimes you just need to move away from them, you know, because they make you so itchy. Itchy and scratchy. Do you remember that? Uh, from The Simpsons? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Itchy and Scratchy Show. The Itchy and Scratchy Show. And the horrible things happen. The kids are just sitting there, ha ha, laughing away as blood splatters everywhere. I'm like, <laughs> it's an interesting world in which we live. And we have this in a cartoon because we. it's funny to us because, I don't know, why is it funny to us? <laughs> You'd rather laugh than cry? I don't know. Uh, What's the reasoning? Maybe it's because you're watching other people getting themselves into mischief or trouble rather than yourself. 
well, there is that. And you're like, I escaped that one. It's like, you know, seeing someone else getting a traffic ticket when you've been speeding, everybody else has been speeding. All of a sudden, all the cars slow down because the yeah. cops got somebody in front of you, you know? Mm-hmm. He just pulled one out of the herd, you know? And just, you know, because everybody was speeding. Well, you know, I have a few last words that I want to say about gratitude because I really do think that when you live, with an attitude of gratitude, your life is better. If you if you don't focus, yes, there is inequality. Yes, there are things that are wrong. But if we come from a place of gratitude and we find a way to work to make things better for all of us, then it's a better world. I mean, when I hear people say, well, you know, uh, we need this or we need that, and these people are horrible. And and I, like yesterday, I heard this, like, well, I don't believe in socialism, and I don't want my money to contribute to somebody going to, uh, uh, you know, getting getting over drugs. And I'm thinking, well, I don't want to buy another missile, but nobody asked me. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So, I mean, we spend so much on the military for things the military doesn't even want. No. You know, they don't even want that. So it's the people manufacturing the things that want us to spend the money. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're we are our our budgets are inaccurate. They're not good. We need people that um are full of integrity, and we do have some of those in Congress. I also don't like it when people say all politicians are horrible. That's not true. There's a lot of good people out there. You just have to know what to look for before you decide to support them. And I think that is uh, very important for us to do. You know, we want to we want to say, well, you know, I'm going to support uh, this person because all these things that they say are far left, like uh, college for all, uh, Medicare for all, you know, housing for all really aren't like 80% of the people in the United States want those things. And the younger people, especially the millennials, man, they're like, uh, they don't see people in terms of, are you gay or straight? Are you black or white? Are you native? Are you, do you know what I mean? The more we divide up, the worse it is. Right. Right. So, and all that segregation uh, comes in and with that, uh, discriminations towards those groups. Right. Right. And the, the inequality, there's more Native Americans per, per the numbers of people that they have that are incarcerated. I just talked to a man in prison who just did a Native sweat in prison, bringing him back to his roots. I mean, so there's always a, even though it's not a great place to be prison, mm-hmm. there was a positive piece of it for him. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that no matter what we do, no matter where we go, that every single day we need to remember to do one thing. And I always end the show every week with remember, no matter what you're doing, my friends, to keep on dancing.